Welcome to the Celebration Church Podcast. We are so glad you've joined us, and we hope you are encouraged by today's message. Welcome, Celebration Church. How are you doing today? Everybody good? And what an amazing weekend. Amazing. God did incredible things yesterday. Who was a part of Serve Day yesterday? Let me see your hand. Let me hear you. Yes. So we like to talk and say, hey, if you're there last night, if you're here at another time, you're, you're all holy. We know if you're here at 1130, it's because you needed extra sleep and you're smart. <laughs> so let's just say we got all the smart people in this crowd right here. Welcome to Celebration Church. We're so glad you're here. Orange Park, Julington Creek. Let's put our hands together for them because they served, they served hard. Pastor Carlos's crew up in Amelia Island was serving. What an incredible day it was. Now, I'm going to be speaking today. I'm, I'm going to be speaking for Pastor Stovall, who was supposed to be here today. He was supposed to be at Serve Day yesterday, but he came down with a, with a, with a nasty virus. And so he and Pastor Kerry are both home feeling sick. And so we're going to pray for them. Amen? Believe for their healing because he, you know what? I know this about Pastor Stovall. There's, there's one thing that he would hate worse than being sick, and that is missing serve day. And both of them happened in one weekend. He and Pastor Kerry wanted to be there so much, um, and talking to them, they, they, it's one of the most exciting parts of their year, um, and this, this weekend right here, but we're gonna pray for them. We're gonna pray for them in just a moment, but you are in the house, and God is using you to do incredible things. And that is, is so cool to be a part of a church that God is using to make a difference in our world for Jesus Christ by sharing his love, sharing his hope and acceptance that he gives all of us. You know, we're going to start a, a series in just a few weeks called I Love My Church. And because of that, I'm thankful for that because I'm not able to share all of the information and celebrate all of the wonderful things that happened yesterday. And so with that, with that, we just do have a couple things though. All of our locations participated. Northern Ireland, Zimbabwe, Orlando, our new plant down in Fort Lauderdale, all of the campuses here in Jacksonville. Everybody participated. So there were blue shirts everywhere. I love seeing these blue shirts out and Went out to Julington Creek. I, I, I was out at OP, got to be here in, in, in this area and to see those blue, street, those blue shirts passing out water and flooding the streets, that's what it's all about. It was a picture of something that I believe Jesus wants to do 365 days a year, have a presence in our communities. Maybe we don't wear the blue shirts every day like I have for the past few weeks. However, we are out there with the love of Jesus Christ, because that's what it's all about. And you know, um, we, had, we had thousands serve right here in Jacksonville and our other, other locations, but you know what, right here at the arena, just at the arena, we had over 2,000 show up for the rally at 8 a.m. to pray and ask God to go before us. And he did, yes he did. And so when I went out into some of these these projects and just got to see all that God was doing, let me tell you how I know it was not, not only did God go before us, but because my shirt was not sweaty, my hands were not dirty, that meant that there were a group of people that also went before us. Why don't you put your hands together for Pastor Lisa. Pastor Lisa Johnson 
serving this house and this community faithfully. Man, man, the presence that she helps us have in this city. Yes, Pastor Lisa normally sits on the front row and she tried to get away from you today, but uh uh-uh, no sir, no ma'am. But also all of our directors and coordinators at all of our campuses, come on, they were there, boots on the ground, making it happen with all of you. Man, what a day, what an incredible day because we serve an incredible God. You know what, if we didn't believe in what we were giving away, it'd be tough to do what we did. But you know what? You know why you enjoyed it so much? You enjoyed that. Who, who enjoyed yesterday? Amen. That's what I thought. Because you are the workmanship of God. He created you for that very reason. In fact, he saved you to serve. We are saved to serve. And that's why it feels so good, because we are fulfilling the very purpose of our creation. And we want to help you do that. If you, when you leave, like, like these guys said earlier, when you leave, if you will go out into the lobby and you will just get one of these things right here, this, this, these, these, um, these cards that you can fill out because we want to help, to, to help you get connected in serving at a serving expo. On your way out, stop by, a, stop by a booth at the serving expo and just get more information there so that you can make this more than just a day. I mean, I know some, so many of you do, but, but just jump in and plug into what God's doing right here through Celebration Church for our city. Amazing, amazing things that God's doing. It's cool to be a part of it. We are saved to serve. And you know, 2 Corinthians chapter 9, I love what it says when it talks about two particular things. One of those things it first says, it first says, because of your generosity, others will praise Jesus. See, he was talking to the Corinth. That was a church that had been blessed beyond or beyond where this other area they were talking about. Celebration Church, how many of you know that we are blessed? As a church, as a family, as a nation, we are blessed. And so by your generosity, because of your generosity, because you are willing to give, Jesus is changing lives in Jacksonville, Orlando, Fort Lauderdale, Zimbabwe, Northern Ireland, and even further beyond that. You know what? That's an incredible thing because you are willing to give. But you know what? The Apostle Paul goes on to write to those Corinthians, to the church at Corinth, and he says, not only are you, not only will others praise Jesus because of your giving, but he says, because you are willing to serve. Because of your service, others will give thanksgiving to God. Because you were willing to give and because you were willing to serve, because you got sweaty yesterday, because you get your hands dirty week in, week out, on the work, in the workplace, in the neighborhoods, at school, because of those things, because you were willing to serve, Jesus is making a difference in Jacksonville. So I just want to thank you so much for that. You're an amazing church. Pastor Stovall, Pastor Kerry, we were talking yesterday, and they said, please let them know how much we love them. You are loved. You are loved so much, and we are so, as a staff, we're so grateful for you because you are an amazing church, and it's it's a privilege to be part of it. But you know what? It's really cool that we are willing 
uh, willing to go out and do those things. But how many of you know that we serve a God who's not only able to meet us where we are during our difficult times, but we serve a God who is also willing to give, willing to serve, willing to meet us where we are. And that's who I want to talk about today is Jesus. Anybody ready to talk about Jesus? Let's talk about Jesus. Open up your Bibles to the book of Mark, Mark chapter 1, verse 40. Mark chapter 1, verse 40. We're only going to read five verses and we are going to jump in. Man, don't, don't, don't forget to stop by the Serving Expo on your way out. Get some more information. It's really going to help us help you fulfill the purpose God has in your life because it's big. We believe that because God word, God's Word says so. A man with leprosy, Mark chapter 1, verse 40. A man with leprosy came to him, came to Jesus, and begged him on his knees, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Jesus was indignant. Another translation says Jesus was filled with compassion. He was serving this man with passion. He reached out his hand and touched the man. I am willing, he said. Be clean. Immediately. Come on, say immediately. Immediately, the leprosy left him and he was cleansed. Jesus sent him away at once with a strong warning. See that you don't tell this to anyone, but go show yourself to the priest and offer the sacrifices that Moses commanded for your cleansing as a testimony to them. Let's pray for Pastor Stovall and Pastor Kerry, and let's pray for our hearts to be open to hear God's Word, to shape us, mold us, and make us into something that we want to be. Father, we thank you for the privilege to come into your house and to worship you. God, we honor you. We praise you. We thank you for our leaders. God, you've blessed us with incredible leaders, and God, right now I ask you to go where they are and touch their bodies. Heal them. Lord, Pastor Stovall, Lord willing, as you heal him, he's going to be in the pulpit next week encouraging, sharing with us, but encourage him right now. Heal him right now. And Father, I ask that you open our hearts. Let your word be sown as a seed to become something incredible. Shade for others, fruit for others, shade for our own lives, and fruit for our own lives. God, let us grow into something, something great, Father. We thank you for that. Show us your love. Let us see your love in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Anybody have a friend who they may not try real hard to be funny. In fact, they are most funny when they aren't trying to be funny. Anybody know what I'm talking about? You have a friend like that. They are hilarious, especially when they're not trying to be. I have one of those friends. He was my roommate in college. Not only is he one of the most hilarious people that I've ever met, he's also one of the most generous people that I've ever met. That's a combination right there. That is a story waiting to happen. A, an extravagantly generous person who is hilarious. And this guy, so I can remember back to his generosity in college, he would drive you, if, if you were going through something, you know, a family member passed away or one of our roommates or classmates, you know, something goes on in their life or they just can't get back to school after the holiday break. Man, this guy would go drive hundreds of miles to, to pick you up and meet you. He would give you the shirt 
off his back. But one other humorous thing is, he's one of those guys that he's always has a drink in his hand with some ice because he loves to chomp ice. Any other ice chompers in the house? All right, so you know, I'm about to tell you something in, in a minute, but you know the kind of ice that you, that when you go to the restaurant, you know that kind of soft ice, it's kind of like a pellet, you know, that little ice? That's the kind of ice we all like to chomp right there. And so my friend, he's, I'll, let me, I'll connect that in a minute. My friend, he has these neighbors, he has these neighbors, uh, it got, okay, so he's generous, I told you, God's blessed him. How many of you realize that God blesses generous people? He's blessed this guy. He's got some neighbors around him. They're, they're blessed people. And so here's the deal. This guy, he's going to know every one of his neighbors. And whether they like it or not, they are going to know him. And so they know him, but they, they see him and they know him. And this guy, he went out and bought a massive commercial size ice maker to put in, the home, in his kitchen at home. So he has this massive machine at his home that makes that pellet ice that we all love to chomp. See, he couldn't, he couldn't go any longer without it, so he bought himself one. And his neighbors started to find out that he had that ice. And so they would ask him for the ice. Can I have some? Can I have some? He's like, listen, listen, here's the deal, guys. Just the door's always open. Come on in. And it's, you know what? His neighbors took him literally because he told them, yeah, hey, come on in. Just remember, I have a security, I have a, I have a camera system on the inside of my home. So come on in, but just take ice, please. And he went back and watched the footage while he was on vacation, while he's at work, he has neighbors coming into his house, scooping their big turvises down into his pellet ice machine and leaving because his door is always open and they're always welcome. My friend typifies Jesus. He stands at the door and it is swung wide open, and everyone is, is able to come into his presence. Everyone is able. Today, today, this church is swung wide open because Jesus said, everyone is welcome. Our pastor got right behind Jesus' words and said, everyone is welcome. We're about to talk about I Love My Church series. In just a few weeks, we're gonna talk about everyone is welcome. See, the church is not a club for the perfect. It is a home for the broken, for the hurting, for those experiencing pain. It is a home where everyone is welcome. That's the kind of church that Jesus Christ is building, and that's the kind of church that we're a part of. Are you thankful for that? If you are, put your hands together. And let Jesus know that you're thankful. I'm thankful because you know what? If that were not the case, then you would not see this guy standing here today. I am thankful this place is for everyone. What an amazing God we serve. But see, if we lived 2,000 years ago, that would be tested. A leper was one who represented spiritual and moral uncleanness or brokenness. In fact, listen to this, they were not allowed because they thought the disease was so contagious and it was so gruesome and painful and ugly. They would not even allow lepers to be a part of the community. They must go out, away from people outside the community. So they would have to go outside the walls or the border of their city. 
all alone. They would be isolated from other people. And if they were isolated from other people, pushed outside the city where the house of God, the temple was, that meant that they were excluded from the presence of God. Because of their disease, because of their uncleanness, their brokenness, they were not only, they were not only isolated from people, they were separated from the presence of God. But catch this, if anyone did happen to come face to face with a leper, the leper would have to do this. They would have to yell out, unclean, unclean. Representative to today, it would be as if we had to walk around saying, broken, addicted, shamed, hurting, lost, written for dead, no hope. Imagine having to scream those things in our life, but the fact of the matter is that so many of us feel that way on the inside. So many of us feel like that. See, one of the worst, worst enemies that we face is the enemy of shame. Shame is the painful feeling of humiliation or embarrassment. See, if it is pride that comes before a fall, it is shame that keeps us from getting back up. Shame. The enemy wants to press our face down in shame and keep our head down in that hole and keep us off to the shadows in the corner where it's just us isolated from people, separated from the presence of God, left alone to the vices of our mind. That's his plan. I have a, I have a friend who goes way back as well, back to when I was about seven years old. My parents planted a church just west of Atlanta and up on top, see, it was the, a church plant, so it wasn't large at the time, and it was on the second floor of this building, a craft store. Catch the name of this craft store. The name of the craft store on the bottom that we were leasing it from, the name of it was Poison Ivy. So our motto was, our, our motto was, come to this church and you will get the itch to come back. Poison Ivy. And there was a sign hanging over the ledge of that upper, upper balcony where we would congregate after service, especially my friend and I on the other side where all the adults were not. And there was a sign that said poison ivy that was carved out of styrofoam. And so my friend and I, we were just picking that styrofoam off and just dropping it off the balcony. And we were just watching it snow in the middle of July, just having ourselves a big time as seven-year-olds playing and destroying property. And so I got home, it was a wonderful day, had lots of fun with my friends, it was awesome. And my parents walked into the room and said, Jason Michael Bolin, you know what that means. You know what that means. And so, I, I, I knew, okay, I, I need to sit down. And they proceeded to ask me, so who was it that was picking off the sign on the balcony today? Well, I knew if I told the truth, I would get in trouble, so that couldn't happen. So I said, in true Ralphie fashion, remember Christmas story, that movie, when he, Ralphie says, the mother of all words, and instead of blaming his dad, he blames Schwartz 
Well, I did that to my friend. I could hear, I could hear, I could hear my, my friend in the background figuratively and his mom just letting him have it like old Schwartz guy because Ralphie blamed him. That's what happened. You know what? It wasn't so much what I did that was embarrassing or humiliating to me. It was when I had to come face to face with my friend again because the word got back. Jason was also a part of this. And although that I, I was bummed because I got in trouble, I... I was playing my own, I was playing my own lonely game of hide and go seek at church for a couple weeks just trying to stay away from my friend. I was embarrassed, I was ashamed. Well, you know what, in life, often we're not dealing with styrofoam and funny words, we are dealing with reality. And we are ashamed of things. I wanna ask you today, what are you ashamed of? What is it in your life that you're ashamed of? Is it that you fell into a sin, or you, you, you did something at work that has affected your company or your finances? Maybe you've done something in the home and, and your, your relationships are, are rocky or even broken and ended. Maybe you have been abused. Maybe someone has done something to you and you're having trouble being ashamed of that. Maybe you are ashamed of your physical body, your looks, and today you wonder what it would be like if, if this wasn't the case in your life and you, you feel ashamed and you don't want others to see or to know or to be a part of what it is that you're carrying. See, what are you ashamed of? The enemy's plan is to generate, to get this cycle of shame going in your life. The enemy wants this cycle of shame happening in your life. See, the first thing he does, first thing that happens is you experience great pain. Great or deep pain you experience. Now sometimes we experience deep pain because of things that happen to us. Sometimes we experience deep pain because things that we have done. At this moment today, it's in the past, so you know what, we're not gonna talk about which one it is. That's not as important as the fact that the enemy, the enemy wants you to experience this deep pain. See, it doesn't matter whose fault it is as much as you are hurt because of what happened. So the first part of that cycle is, the very first part is we experience deep pain. The second part of that is, is that you will connect what happened with who you are. You will connect what you did with your identity. I am a, I failed, so I am a failure. I had a bad relationship, so I am just, I can't have a good relationship. I was abused, so I will always be a victim. See, the difference between guilt and or the difference between shame and guilt is the difference between I am bad and I did something bad. See, guilt says, yes, I did something wrong. Yes, something happened to me. That is guilt. We've all been guilty before. But what the enemy wants us to do is say, I'm not only guilty, he wants to shame us and say, I failed and I am failure. I was abused and I am always a victim. This happened to me and I am what happened to me. That's what the enemy wants to happen. So first we experience deep pain. Second, we connect what happened with who we are, 
And second, I mean third, and the last part of this cycle is, is you are tormented by your past. You become a prisoner tormented by your past. See, that's Satan's goal. Satan's goal, his ultimate goal is that we become, we become tormented by our past. We become a prisoner to our past. That's what he wants to happen to our lives. He wants us to become gripped by what we've done and let that become our identity. See, the enemy wants you to feel that you isolation from people and separation from God, and he wants you to have this shame in your own life and say things like, I will never recover from this. To say things like, my life will never be the same because of what happened. Or what about this? My, not, my life will never be what it could have been because this happened. God had a plan A for me, I messed it up, now I'm just relegated to the leftovers. I'm relegated to the crumbs of life. I'm relegated to the thing that no one else wants, so that's just what God's gonna give me because I'm broken, flawed, and I'm a failure. That's what the enemy wants in our life, but today, and I believe it's already happened here at Celebration Church, but we are gonna break free from that shame. God's gonna break some chains. He's gonna snap some chains that some of you have been bound by this shame of things that you've done or things that have happened to you today. God is gonna set some people free. Do you believe that? Do you believe that God can do it today? There's two things, two things, two ways of thinking that we must embrace. The first way of thinking, the first thing that we must embrace. See the Bible, remember it says that do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed. Who wants to be transformed? Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. We must embrace a new way of thinking. So what I must embrace today is I cannot change my past. I cannot change my past. We all would like a do-over in some areas. We all would like to do that, but you know what? We can't change the past. You keep, maybe, you, maybe you won't ever have that relationship back. Maybe that lost or that loved one, maybe you, you will not see them again. Maybe there are some things in your past that, that's happened that you've done or that have happened to you and you can't change that. It, that can't change. See, but see, you say, well, I know, I, I, I know, I, I believe, I, it's, it's, it's clear, we all know you can't change the past, but you know what we do? What we do is, is in our conversations, with others and with ourselves, we're continuing to have conversations about what happened to try to shape the views of others to change. We're trying to have conversation that will change ultimately the past, leave the past behind. We can't change it. So what we do is we embrace the fact that I can't change the past, but Jesus can change the future. Jesus has a plan. It is full of hope and life. And if we embrace that, Jesus can change my future. I can't change my past, but Jesus can change my future. I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful that he has a plan. See, he has a plan to 
that he can go into my future because he's already been there. He's already been there and prepared the way for me. Just like there were people that went before us for serve day and prepared the way, God has your life set up to walk into. And if we will just take one step at a time, we will walk in the freedom and hope and promise that he has for us. We can't change the past, but he can change the future. And in fact, he's already doing it right now as something stirring inside your heart. See, there is no brokenness on this earth that heaven cannot heal. God wants to reach his hand down from heaven just like he did that leper when he was here on earth. See, he reached forth his hand and he touched that leper. He reached out and touched the person who was shamed and isolated and separated and unclean and dirty because Jesus was willing to touch my life and and touch my dirtiness. I am clean. Because he was willing to touch my sin, I am now forgiven. Because Jesus was willing to reach into our, into our messed up self, we now have a life of order and restoration that he desires for us even before we desired it for ourselves. That's what God has for us. See, he is willing to reach out his hand and touch our mess. He's not ashamed of your mess. He's not afraid of your mess. In fact, he's the one, when everybody else is ashamed, he's the one saying, get out of my way. I want to touch my child and let them know that I have a plan for them. I'm not ashamed of them. I know what their past is and I can change their future. Man, we serve an awesome God. Shame says, shame says, that because I am flawed, because I am flawed, I am unacceptable. But grace says, even though I am flawed, I am loved. I am loved, the grace of God comes down on us and like Pastor Stovall says, grace is not an event, grace is not a, a thing, grace is a person and his name is Jesus and he is here today and his desire is to touch the areas of your life that are hidden and that are dark and to bring them to his glorious light and heal and restore and make dead things come alive and that's his plan today. How many are thankful for the grace of God? How many of you believe that he's able to step into your situation and your life and change things? He's willing. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2, talking about this grace and this love. It says, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. See, the author and finisher. Yes, the past has been written, and I might have done some things that got off track, but you know what? It not only says that he wants to write my story in the beginning, he wants to finish my story. He wants to step in and write the story better than I could write it on my best day. That's who, that's who Jesus is. So he is the author and finisher of our faith, of our story, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. This is what gets me right here. This is the, this is the part because I know that when Jesus was up on that cross, dying a shameful death, he had joy in his heart. He was able to endure that pain 
because he knew that on the other side of that cross was my healing. On the other side of that cross was my freedom. The other side of that cross was my salvation. And that's why he endured the cross is because what he knew on the other side was everything that he came to this earth for is for you and for me and our salvation, hope, and healing. But it goes on. You guys, come on out. Come on out. But man, look at this. Despise the shame. He despised the shame. See, he got up on that cross, bloody, humiliated, naked, 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 however you say that word. He was naked as, anyway, he was up there shamed. But you see, he got up there as shame so he could defeat shame. He got up as sin so he could defeat sin. He got up and showed ugliness so he could defeat the ugliest and make our lives beautiful. That's who he is. And that's how, now it says he, he sits down at the right hand on the, th- at the throne, on the throne of God. Psalm chapter 34, verse five, look at this. Those who look to him are radiant. Their faces are never covered with shame. See, I love, I, I went back and watched some of our clips from Breakthrough and Freedom classes that a lot of you have been a part of. And this is one of those verses. Psalm 34, five, it says, those who look to him are radiant. Their faces are never covered with shame. See, if you look up at Jesus at all times, at the, if we literally do it at the sun, we can never have a shadow on our face. So if we will keep our eyes on Jesus, there's no shadow in our own lives and we can't see the shadow of others. That's what I believe that says we are not only conquerors, we are more than conquerors. We are conquerors for ourselves and we are conquerors for the hurting and the broken who are all around us celebrating church. Come on, why don't you just stand up on your feet and just give God a praise that if we keep our eyes on Him, we don't have to be shamed, we don't have to be afraid, we don't have to deal with anything. He has a plan for our lives. Here's what I wanna do, here's what I wanna do. I wanna pray with you because see today, if you will just stand right there, nobody go out yet. In three minutes, we're gonna be out of here. But these are the most important three minutes of the day. So here we go, here we go. There is, there is no pit of shame that is deeper than the love of Jesus. So whatever it is that you're carrying in this room today, the Bible says in 1 John, it says that if you will confess your sins to him, he is faithful and just to forgive you and to cleanse you, just like that leper, to cleanse you. See, I love how Jesus didn't say you are healed on the outside. He said you are cleanse first on the inside. And that's what he wants to do. All you have to say is, God, I acknowledge the shame in my life. Right there when you see it. Yes, God, I acknowledge what happened to me. Yes, God, I acknowledge what I did. I confess it to you. And the Bible says that he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins. I want to ask you a question. How many of you can say boldly right now in front of everybody, I I came in this room today and and I brought some shame with me. Maybe it's because of something that happened to me. Maybe it's because of something that that I did. But either way, I carried some shame in the day and I need God's overwhelming grace to come into my life and do what only He can do today. Let me see your hand. Just throw it up. I know it's going to be a lot of us. 
A lot of us, a lot of us. Here's one more question I wanna ask us to bow our head. Close our eyes for this one because I want this to be something that people know that they can be totally honest in in this moment with themselves and God. How many of you can say, you know what, I'm away from God right now. It is either because I was once with God and I've walked away or I have never had a relationship with Jesus. But today, today I'm seeking a fresh start. Today, I want God to reach his hand into my life, touch my mess, save me, and and, and, and lead me into the future he has planned for me. Today, I wanna to make a decision to follow Jesus. Let me see your hands, just throw them up, just raise them up. Hold them high for me, I wanna see them because we're gonna pray for you in a moment. We're all gonna pray out loud together. Thank you, you can put those hands down. Look up at me, here's what we're gonna do. Here's what we're gonna do. So what we're gonna do is, is we're, gonna, we're gonna pray. We're gonna pray all out loud. And those that raise their hands last, they're, they're, they're They're going from a place away from God to God, the the greatest eternal decision we can make. And we're gonna celebrate that. So what we're gonna do is these guys are gonna come in while we're praying and we're gonna celebrate after that. We're gonna sing and praise, but then what we're gonna do, listen to this. Here's what God's gonna do today. When we're finished praying that prayer and singing that song, God, we're gonna pray one prayer and God is gonna break some chains. He's He's gonna break some chains and some yokes off people's lives of shame. It's gonna happen. It is going to happen because Jesus is in the house. So come on, say this with me. And again, I, I, I know you got places to go and things to do. Just, just right, we're, we're gonna sing for 60 seconds and pray for a minute and then we're gonna be gone. So listen, here we go. Say this with me. Say in Jesus' name, thank you for dying on the cross for me for forgiving me of my sins because I need forgiveness. I need a savior. And today, come on, say today, I'm a new person. I have new life because Jesus is my Lord. And I have a fresh start. I have a fresh start today. Come on, why don't you just declare God's goodness. Put your hands together, celebrate. Thank you for tuning in to today's podcast. For more information about Celebration Church or to get in touch with us, please visit celebration.org.